Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Sure, words were never spoken. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch, located just north of Tucson. I'm Harry Alexander, along with... Bunker de France and no bastard barristers. <laughs> and Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles, are you not, sir? I, I am in Los Angeles. I, I surely am. Had to stop and think uh, there for last a Last weekend I was <laughs> in Orange County. Look out the window and check. <laughs> And our guest today here at the Stallion Ranch, White Stallion Ranch, is um, retired music arranger John Comrado. Welcome, John. Howdy, boys. How you doing? In fact, John, John is the man responsible for the name of this program going and way One of the original hosts. Way yeah, ri- well, the original co-host, yeah. yeah. Way back Don't hold when. it against me, please. Right, yeah, we are. <laughs> Blackmail. Yeah, what, what, when was that? What year was that? Oh, uh, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Really. Cent- was that was that the that was last century. century? Yeah, that was last century. Nineteenth century. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our program and, and his beautiful child bride is Judy yes. is here as well. Although yeah. she doesn't say much, but she is listening, so she can hear everything. I got her out of grade school today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> With a note. Um, today's uh, uh, topic is music of Western movies and television shows. Theme music. Uh, maybe some incidental music, just plain old music. And, and we had planned on doing this show some time back, but uh, I managed to uh, get myself sick, and so we were we had to cancel that. And then I'm going to confess on myself, I misunderstood Harry when he was told us what we were doing, and I thought we were doing cowboy music. So I did a history of cowboy music up until Friday when we had breakfast, oh. and I'm telling Harry about all this great stuff I got, and he goes. Oh, we're doing music. <laughs> well, it's still cowboy music on a yeah, different scale. It's, yeah, you know? it's, it's orchestral big time. Big time. Yeah. Celestial. There you go. All right. Uh, and the reason we have John here is obviously because of his vast experience as a mu- musician and music arranger. Judy was a musician as well. And he's the only one that can carry a tune here. Well, oh, no, well. He, brought a, he brought a basket along so he could do that. That's right. So, um, <laughs> But uh, if anybody understands music, it's this guy. And so that's why we turn to you. What makes a good Western tune? Uh, wh- let me uh, I'll be Steve more specific. That. What makes a good Western tune? Movie signature music piece. For example, wow. for example, the piece that I have here that runs, uh, that opens our show, uh, it's called The Great Frontier. And uh, in fact, before I purchased it, I ran it by right, you to right. see, see picked, what you right? think. Right. Yeah, what you thought. Yeah. What'd it, you think of it? We had we had a uh, another uh, theme to this program, and. Uh, the bean counters and lawyers got all uptight about it because that's copyrighted material. And so... Uh, well, I hope it wasn't raindrops. You know, uh, yeah, I'm right. I hate it. So, it were, to appease the bean counters and everybody else, I went and purchased a, a piece of music. So, is, is it, let's talk about that piece of music there. Yeah. Well, the themes like for, for movies, first of all, my this is strictly my idea. The movie themes, you know, you have great acting, and great um, uh, directing, yeah, all those things are very important. But the music is the emotion behind it. It sets the thing. It sets the thing. Like we we're watching Lonesome Dub for the three thousandth time before we came here on the Western Channel, and the scenes, like when they were hanging the guys, and mm-hmm. it sets. I mean, it makes you want to cry, laugh. It sets you up for the adventure coming up. And if you look at any of the old movies, like the old John Wayne's, that didn't have any. Uh, uh, music in it. Um, they added some synthesized things. Some of the colleges they gave the yeah, arrangers the re- yeah, to do yeah. to do the music on synthesizers mm-hmm. and everything. But without the music, I mean, it's great adventures and all that. But it just it's. I mean, I don't bake. I eat, but I don't bake. I like cakes, you know. It's like it's the icing on the cake. The music and so many great ones. I mean, the great Let me arrangers. Ask you a question, because this is this is a thing. I, I, I'm, I love the old composers. You right, know, the, right. You know all the great old western movies. Right. But then you got you come along, and to me, someone like Spielberg, who right. uses music 
to manipulate you psychologically. Right. It right. has nothing to do with the story. It has to do with where he wants to put you. Right. And I don't like that. I like I like to be able to do my own interpretation of the music. Right. Well, anything with Spielberg and um, even Kevin Costner, I heard an interview on YouTube that he was saying his movies always had great music because it sets the the, mm-hmm. uh, the emotion for the thing. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people that think they know doing Westerns. I know, Bunker, you've said many times in the acting and the directing, um, they're, they're behind the green screen or blue screen instead of the beautiful, like the mm-hmm. White Stallion Ranch. And I think that was all part of a great Western with the music, too. But uh, a lot of these great composers and arrangers, I mean, they were schooled musicians. Like, you want to be a schooled actor, you know? I mean, well, you can they go were classical. Right. And they used the full orchestras for, for beautiful scenes. They would have the oboe and. And then and the French horns. And the French horns, Silverado. <laughs> yeah. Every time I hear Silverado, I think of you. I think of you. You, know, you can't do a Western without a French really, horn. You look, I know. There's yeah. French horns all through this yeah. stuff. You, know? you can't do an Indian picture without tom-toms. That's right. So, <laughs> that's, that's right. You can't do a, a cavalry picture without Gary Owen. Yeah, and, and, and drum rolls, too. Yeah, right. Bugle calls. But that's right. It sets the, sets the mood for all that. Yeah. And there were so many great composers, uh, uh, just go down the line of some Bruce Broughton mm-hmm. who did Silverado and Tombstone and uh, um, a lot of uh, that's your French horn sounds and, and oh you were saying what makes a great a movie theme like How the West Was Won yeah. Silverado it grabs you or even like the theme for The Voice of the West it grabs you right away like hey I want to listen you're riding along with it right so many of these things they just I mean, I'm not putting it down, but like the new, the newest Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. Now, I mean, he spent millions of dollars, and the music was like a ten cent score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It added nothing to the, the Rudolph thing. Brothers. Yeah, it didn't do it at all. You know. And, well, and then we come across the movies as mainly bees, very low budget had bees. Great music. Well, some that did not have any music right. at all. Like I was saying, the John Wayne thing, the yeah. old ones, right? Uh, oh. it, it, but. The re-release they did, but if you watched them originally, right. there was right. no incidental music in there whatsoever. Right. There was a theme right. and a closing theme, but and I guess that goes back to uh, I, I happened to 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 read and how accurate it was. I don't know, um, but that music for movies was not necessarily written for movies until long about the 1930s. Uh, because with with silent, all you had to do was compile music, right. and with but the they, com- they did compose some great music pieces for the silent. Right. But it, mu- music for the the talkies, the early talkies was all compiled. Nobody was composing they were, specifically they were, they were, for they had it. A, from the stock, stock music. Yeah, from stock music. Yeah. Right. It's funny. Well, speaking of that, okay. it's funny you say that, Harry, because. When back in the early '80s, when Francis Ford Coppola and his son and his father Carmine Coppola, who was a, 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 a you know a, a an orchestra conductor and a composer himself, they got a hold of Abel Gans's Napoleon, the original, the silent version, and mm-hmm. they decided to bring it back to the screen, and they composed a, a whole new theme for it, mm. and it was like the old days of the silence. Because the music, um, you know, a lot of people didn't want to go, you know, in the early 80s, they didn't want to go to uh, a, a silent. But that film got had a big life and became a hit all over again because of Coppola and his uh, power in getting distributors behind it. And this music they got, they constructed for it. You know, one of the things we forget about, it came from radio to television the William Tell Overture with right, the Lone right, Ranger, right. Which, and that was at one time was the most recognized song in America right. after the national anthem right. and Home on the Range. Right. A funny thing happened uh, to us when we were living in Nashville. We were watching a movie. It was a good movie with uh, Scott Brady, uh, and 
and the Indians were chasing the stagecoach. And who was the arranger on it was Miklos, I think, Rosa. That's mm-hmm. how you say it. Who just came off of Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. So the Indians are chasing uh, the stagecoach, and you hear boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you hear all these, like, Roman sounds. And we're looking at each other. Is yeah. in the wrong a- movie? You know? a- Amol was fond of talking about his uh, favorite. one of his favorite composers who never set foot in the West. It was a New York Jew or a Russian Jew. Dmitry Tiomkin. Well, I don't know if that's who but he was Dimitri, talking about. Yeah, he did but, so many great but, ones. But Tiomkin, no doubt, was uh, one of the greats. But uh, whoever the composer was that Francie used to talk about, the guy never uh, never set foot in in the West. Yet he was able to compose great such great music. The feeling. At one time, somebody asked Tiomkin uh, how he could compose such great songs about the West. Uh, being from Russia, and he said, "A step is a step," yeah. meaning the great grasslands right, of right, Russia. Yeah. Well, even with Columbia, Mishka Litnikov <clears throat> did right. a lot of the Gianotri movies yes. when he was with Columbia, and beautiful orchestrations. To me, if you're going to have a big movie, the orchestrations mean mm-hmm. so much. Nowadays, everybody, I'm a songwriter. Now I can do a film score. There's a <laughs> lot to do a film score. I mean, you you have to watch. Well, you're doing the. Uh, So many of modern film scores are nothing but records. Exactly right. They're just a compilation of records. Exactly right. Or they'll have a songwriter that has somebody singing with a guitar. Maybe at a spot in the movie it's good, but not as the main thing. It's not going to grab you to Mm -hmm. watch more. Have you ever scored a movie? No, I haven't done that, you know. But usually in the movies, it's usually the last thing that they want to do. I know with Gone with the Wind, I wrote about Max Steiner. You know, they did all this with Gone with the Wind. I think he had two months to write the music and record it all. And all these composers, they end up living just in their 60s because it's a lot of stress. I know when we were we would do uh, arrangements then in Nashville, they'd call you at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, by the way, uh, we need four songs arranged for strings, horns, background voices in uh, the rhythm section. Have it at the studio at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so you're up all night, Judy's yeah. on one one desk, and I'm at the other, we're um, writing it, and uh, copying all the parts out, you'd be copying first violin, first trumpet, and then you get there, you're playing it, and then the next day you're getting the same thing, so it's always the yeah. last minute, they have the studio all set up, and then a lot of these uh, acts, uh, they would go in, well, when I get in the studio, they won't know what's going on, when I get in the studio, magic's going to happen, they don't know what they're doing, but they get in, and the only magic that happens, you got all these musicians sitting there getting paid, studios getting paid, and there's nothing being recorded. That's like going to, uh, on a movie set, and you don't do any pre-production. You have mm-hmm. to do pre-production and records, too. Yeah. Yeah. We would always go in with tracks are going here, and who's on this track, and if you're overdubs and all that stuff. Uh, but a lot of people would go in, how oh, the magic's going to happen, right? Your, your money's going down real fast. Well, you know, <laughs> and a lot of times, too, you know, some studio head or some executive or producer... You've got a picture coming up, and then say, well, just use the Wagner, or give me something like Wagner. Yeah, yeah, and, right. Yeah, and then if it wasn't, and he'd go, well, that's not Wagner. Yeah. You know, he had no music taste, but he was dictating what he wanted to, right. to you know, and no, maybe not even seeing the movie right. would dictate right. what he wants. Right. Todd, did your dad have any issues like that when... Uh, with Marty Walsh when he was getting uh, uh, doing the production on yeah, those pictures, he had great music for that. Well, he 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 got uh, John Barry yep. to do the score, and he got John Barry and Don Black. His uh, Barry had two great writing partners. Don Black was one of them, and they wrote uh, the song "Good Times Are Coming," and then he got. Mama Cass. Um, Mama Cass, who was signed to his record label, and he was managing mm-hmm. at the time to sing the song mm-hmm. in his movie. So that's, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, so please don't write letters negatively or emails, but <laughs> that's what I feel, I, I believe, and I've done my research, I haven't been able to find anything contrary. That's the first time anyone ever did that, hmm. uh, to hire uh, someone to write a song that is in your movie that you own and then have your artist sing it that you're managing and signed to your record company. So that was maybe one of the first times somebody did what we might say packaging. That was like old school in-house. Yeah, in a lot of ways it was. Absolutely. Um, My dad always had sensitivity to two things, uh, the cinematographer and the 
who did the score. Those were two areas that he always kind of rested his opinion of a film on. You know, there's a film Interesting. that uh, when I saw an opening sequence, and I, I'm so used to Tiomkin kind of, you know, grand opening or magnificent seven opening. It was uh, Missouri Breaks, and it was fiddle. And it was just fiddle music. Fiddle and guitars, very yeah. low-key, yes. And it was just so perfect that it, it took you into the movie. Right, it fit in the movie. Yeah, you took right. it right into it. It just sucked you in. So when you get this call at 11 o'clock from somebody, from some idiot producer who says, I want this, this, and this, and by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, what do you do? I mean, you sit down at the, at the piano yeah. or the synthesizer, right. and do you have a, a vision of what, they may right. be wanting. Well, they're telling you what they're gonna, who's recording, and uh, um, you know what they want. No, when you're writing these parts, do you have a vision of? Yeah, what? well, we have the songs. We have that ahead of time. I uh, see. Okay, it was on a you know <clears throat> cassette or something. Okay, and it's just a raw vocal with a guitar. Uh huh. And okay. so you're putting the icing on the cake. And so, do you, you want a big production? You want a light production? How do you want it? And then you would get these acts that come in. Some of them really couldn't sing at all. So you'd have to. <laughs> Do the, with the, the magic. engineer and there's the magic. Yeah, and, and you'd be surprised. I mean, they sound like wow, great. But just, yeah. If you know, well, you, you didn't have the studio behind it. Yeah. It, it, well, it, here's a, I think a great example that we're familiar with is like High Chaparral. Right. David Rose composed the theme, and then uh, Harper was it, uh, Harry Suckman did the music, and but he did every episode. And you think about this, uh, it's like you say, you the next morning, you're you're getting he's. He doesn't write the music till he gets the gets the film, right? Because so, he's got to fit right. the, the mood right. of the scene and everything, and that's you know, and it and it's got to be in the can and right. ready to go within a week most right. of the time because right. you're running behind. That's, that's just I, I, the imagination that one must have or the drugs they do to get that impression. Well, that's true, and that's why a lot of them are dead right now because they're up four or five days in a row. We used to do that too, yeah. and it was like I mean, not the drugs, like but, a truck driver. Yeah, you just. You can't do that too long. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I imagine we're so. Out. We're talking mentally, emotionally. We're, we're talking music here on this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Our guest is a retired Nashville music arranger, John Camrata, and the lovely Judy Camrata. <laughs> sitting here with us. Uh, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. It is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back with much more of, of our program after these messages. Do stay tuned. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. You're looking for trouble, Donovan? You aim to help me find some? This is the Voices of the West. And then we get into this. Is that, is that, is that one of John's arrangements? Yeah, it's one of John's. No, it's not one of John's. Black <laughs> Welcome back, Table Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Robertson, L.A., John Comrade, our guest. We're talking uh, movie music and TV music. Th- is this the theme piece. To our show? Th- uh, no, this is not the theme to our show. This is uh, just a little bit of honky tonk piano there. That well, you I might... mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the movie movie theme songs is the theme of the show. Yes, I hope so. And composers. Well, and that's, and composers. that's a high note, Tim. Film yeah. and television. Jesus. Right. <laughs> uh, even, the, even on TV nowadays, like the, the Virginian and. All those that great big country. Let's talk about some of those arrangers. Right. Well, you had uh, uh, well Dmitry Tiomkin. I mean, he did the Alamo, uh, Gunfight at OK Corral, Last Train from Gun Hill, and a lot of the John Wayne things. Yeah. I mean, Damn John man. Wayne always had great music and and yeah. anything he did. And then you had um, well John Williams who did the Cowboys, Alfred Newman, How the West Was Won. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's. I think that's one of the greatest things that yeah. hits you right there. You know, you you have to listen to right, what's right. going on. You know, it's the Rocky Mountains. That's right. And um, uh, John Barry, who did the um, um, Money Walsh, and um, what was this? He also did uh, uh, Dances, Dances with, Wolves. with Wolves. Yes, and we're talking about the different Indian music. I mean, it was so great, the themes in there. And it wasn't like boom, 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 tom-toms. No, the, the themes. Eagle and flutes. And he had to do the minor keys and everything. It did a great job. And he did James Bond movies and everything, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, Max Steiner, Gone with the Wind, The Searchers. Yeah, I mean, great. What a, Percy what a, Faith. Song. Percy song. Faith did The Virginian. And uh, he also did the movie from the... Uh, uh, summer Place, theme from the mm-hmm. Summer Place. In fact, it's funny. Uh, Judy's cousin, Tony Vitala, he's was the original Letterman. It's this you know group Letterman. Okay. He wrote the words to that. Yeah, I just saw that on YouTube yesterday too, and he did the words with that. Um, Jerome Morose, the Big Country Wagon Train. That's right. Oh, Basil Paladoris. I mean. Lonesome Dove is one of the great greatest uh, westerns out there with the music and everything. Uh, I mean, you, well, couldn't, you know, couldn't beat it, really. You know, you, you look at like Morose, the, the big country, which to me is my all-time yeah. favorite. And I want to run through something here. This is some of the music pieces in there, the titles that they gave to them. And you can see the movie just listening to it. Just listening to it. Obviously, the opening titles, Blanco Canyon. When they're riding through the canyon, I mean, uh, Rufus crashes the party when Burl Ives goes into the big ball, right, right. and the music that you know it sets it sets the tension. Uh, Jim duels Buck. You know, it's when Heston and Peck are having that big fight out there in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, a rare man, which is kind of the introductory song to Peck. Uh, Shall I go on when Peck and uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn, I think it is, are sitting there talking. It's Gene, Simmons. Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. Having right. that romantic interlude. Uh, a coward's in at the end of the picture, you know, when uh, Chuck Connors is they're having the face off. The music there, uh, harassing Jim and Pat when they when they're in the buckboard riding there, and the cowboys are who are on them. All of those things. But the titles tell you what you're going to hear, and what you hear tells you what you're going to see. Exactly. Like I said, it's like 
you needed all the ingredients, not just oh you got you know Johnny Depp, he's going to make that Lone Ranger movie. Yeah. No, you need all the other things. It's mm-hmm. that's what that's one ingredient, you know. Yeah. And you know, like on TV, um, TV shows, especially with Warner Brothers and that um, oh, Disney, yeah. they used to have all great themes: Maverick, uh, Cheyenne. And Zorro, Sugarfoot, Sugar oh, man. And, and yeah, William Lava did a Bronco. lot of those things. Yeah, I know the words of those still. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. You, know, you may not know what what series one movie was in, but you know all those themes, and that was great. That was TV. You know, Sugarfoot, Sugarfoot, <laughs> easy loping, cattle roping, Sugarfoot. That's good. Yeah, that's right there. Yeah, you know, Cheyenne, Cheyenne. Oh, Even bad. like Gunsmoke. Oh, yeah. The guy that wrote Gunsmoke in Dallas. Leon Klatz, Klatskin, I think. Bill Klatskin, yeah. Yeah, he did all those. Well, you know, Frank Duvall. The he, Ballad of he Paladin. He did McClintock. You know, Johnny Western, The Ballad of Paladin. Right. I right. Mean, I mean, I know you recognize one. it. Yeah. You recognize it, you know. Yeah. Uh, George Alexander, El Dorado. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Fielding, The Wild Bunch. Great uh, music. Jerry Goldsmith, Wild Rovers. Yeah, great. Uh, Sad music. Richard Hageman, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon and Stagecoach. Yeah. I mean, these were great composers. And they used a full orchestra. That's what I like. Have, have you ever sat and watched a movie, John, when uh, and, and maybe you're hearing the music, maybe you're not, but you're thinking, what? I'm thinking, man, some really good music right in here. Do you, do, does do things like that ever come to you? You where you start composing in your mind? Well, well, I just I just see if it goes with the movie itself. Mm-hmm. With what I'm seeing, if the music is, if you're you know, feeling, if you're feeling it, yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a big okay. thing because all movies and the music that does is work on your feelings. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting any goosebumps yeah. or anything from the music or the movie. You're losing yeah, it. Here's, you know? a, here's a great example of the director having influence is John Ford because he loved to use pieces of old music, uh, traditional music. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't like big orchestras. Yeah, right, uh, with yeah. huge uh, scores. And you know, he you picked should, one song and they played it six, seven, eight different ways throughout the film. Right, they would different insert tempos it in different places and, right. and different constructions. Right. Yeah. They'd have the themes and. Um, Oh yeah, there's another one too, which let me find my note here because I got, I think I got some tidbits on it here, which is Red River. But you know, like the river crossing, the music during the right, river crossing right. with the cattle. I mean, that stays with you forever. Or when the wagons were going, you're hearing yeah. that drudge boom, boom, boom. You know, you, you can hear, you can feel all that stuff. And you know, and like at the end, you know, when he's going him going up to face with Montgomery Cliff, the walk through the cattle. Right, and the music is there. I mean, right. it's it's it, it's not obvious, but it's so much there that well, you feel the tension. Okay, okay, okay. When you hear this, uh, uh, let me see if I can make it work here. When you hear this, what is it? What kind of thing does it invoke? Will it work? Will it work? It looks like it'll work. What does that invoke? They're coming down a mountain and they're in the river and they're going down the river. Now, see, I was thinking of a Dracula movie with him coming down the staircase. <laughs> okay. I was thinking not of that. <laughs> Seri- that didn't sound Western. To Serial me. suspense music is yeah. what okay. yeah. like it didn't sound going down, Western to going down a river. Incidental music, I'm sorry. That's another that, thing, incidental that my, music. That was my incidental music yeah, file. You folder. did that incidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, as a matter of fact. And sometimes with the, some of the arrangers, too, they want to show their wares. And it's like when, when you do commercials, and, and Todd knows this very well, that's where a lot of people say, what's the difference between a studio musician and a road musician? Well, the road musician, you're out there, you're given everything you have, 100%, all your flashiness. In a studio, you just have to back off. The, the singer or something you, is the main act. You're the icing on the cake. And he may be only playing a little teeny segment right, because right. they're just piecing right. it. There was a guy in the National, Buddy Harmon. He did all the Everly Brothers, Roy Orbison and everything. He just kept time. Boom, boom, boom. These other guys would come in and think they were Buddy Rich or something. You didn't want to hear that. I know there was a trumpet player they were doing a Heinz commercial. And he took everything up an octave. He was like Al Hurt, right? Yeah, they didn't want to hear the trumpet player. They wanted to know about the Heinz commercial. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So you had to play, and the good arrangement ranged so the commercial looked good. 
not that they look good. If the commercial looked good, you got hired again. You know, if they so said, it's not that easy to be a music arranger then. Right, right. You have to see, like, once again, you have to know what you're doing. Like I said, you, you don't go into a dentist's office and say, I want that one drill. <laughs> you know, he, he knows what he's doing, you know. Well, you know, it, 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 too, it's like a, a, a composer, he writes his score and he does everything and he thinks, and he thinks oh, I've got it down, this is perfect. And then they play it for the producer and the producer goes, no, you know, I like a little Rye Cooper in there. Yeah. And you go, yeah. well, yeah, no, I want him in there. So all of a sudden, he's got to figure fit something in there that maybe really doesn't fit. Right. But he'll make it work. Right. Right. You know, here's an interesting one, too. It's like uh, uh, the Alamo. A classic old-time folk song, Green Leaves of Summer. Right. But it, it is integrated into the film all throughout the movie. And it's just a beautiful piece. Well, Tiomkin was very smart. He owned a publishing on all these songs. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and like High Noon. That's why, uh, uh, that's why he got Frankie Lane to do yeah. the, uh, the recording before. The recording instead of uh, Tex Ritter, because they couldn't get Tex Ritter out of his contract with whatever. Well, you know, part of that, that, too, was because they couldn't release Texas version until the movie was right, released right. and Tiomkin wanted to capitalize on it while right. it was hot right right and but he owned the Tex, publishing, you know yeah. he yeah. yeah i mean it's still it's still you know considered whose who song is it really you know right, right. Uh, i love texas version because right. but you could you got the movie backing it up right well okay then we'll uh, go ahead and do our next commercial break here let's do that why not uh, you're you, have, a, you have a musical segue for that i do not oh the only thing i have to say is you're listening to emo francis voices of the west here on uh, yeah right and it's not even on a radio station anymore i don't know why i keep saying that uh we're streaming to you live from the white stallion ranch and we'll be back with much more of our program right after these important messages stay tuned Imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business. Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step nearer and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchmen to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Red a Hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. You've got to the count of three to 
say your prayers. And then I'm going to finish you off. One, two. This is the Voices of the West. They never managed to get to three. I don't understand that in three quarters. In any event, welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in L.A., our guest, John Camrata, retired uh, musician, music arranger, and jack of all trades. And the lovely Judy Camrata is here as well. Uh, and this piece of music right here is what we were talking about earlier theme to. Uh, to uh, the, the high chaparral. Oh, that's the lawyer. David story. Rose. But <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that was another one. I mean, the show was great, but the music added so much to the oh, thing. Oh God, yeah. I, mean, I think that, to me, that's the best move, TV movie music. Yeah. But Bonanza was the same. Bonanza. Uh, Got I mean, smoke. It's written by, I guess, the the same. Livingston and Evan. Same. Uh, uh, Another great one, Dallas. That made that TV show. Yeah. Yes. You know, when it came on, big sound. Well, we 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 did a show with Livingston and Evans, his son-in-law, with Emil, uh, and he even brought with him his. Uh, edition of the Bonanza theme uh, the sung by Lauren Green. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> we are yeah. the men of yeah. Bonanza. <laughs> it's funny, Wagon Train, the theme was great. Then they added lyrics later on. It, yeah. it took away from the Okay, the so what, 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 what's happening with that? That lyrics need to be added to it. Did, they, did somebody think that... Well, we need to tell a better story here or something. Well, sometimes, well, you know, it's purely to put it on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, the thing is, with... Well, wait a minute. Theme to a Summer Place, uh, that that was instrumental. Right, but then they let, like I said, the Tony Butala, who was with the Letterman, he wrote the lyrics to it. Okay. They, they oh, said, yeah, okay, okay. You know? But basically, with the movies, the acting is doing all the things. So, oh, that's another thing. If, if you have... All these vocals in the back, and they're trying to be talking. Yeah. It kind of conflicts everything. Yeah. There's a time for instrumental. You know, nowadays a lot of people call it uh, elevator music. Yeah. No, it's called an instrumental. It's not yeah. elevator music. <laughs> it's like, it's like the term I hate: cover a cover band. Yeah. No, it's just it's just another arrangement. Right. A new right. arrangement. Right. Right. Well, you know, yeah. let's talk a second because I, I got to think. You know, we're talking about uh, theme songs. But how about title songs, you know, like Gene Autry, Back in the Saddle oh, yeah. Again. Dan Jones. Name of the movie, and right. the song. Right. And Roy did it. Yeah, it was like way of promoting their records right. and also promoting the movies. That's right. Well, Stan Jones, I read a thing about him. Oh, John God. Ford used to bring him on this, things yeah. to play some music to keep the, you know, really a little lighter and wow. everything while the guys were resting. Wow. And that's how he, he started doing all Well, this you know, stuff. Ford also had Danny Brzezaghi, you know, with the accordionist. On every picture, and when Ford would drive up in the morning, he would be playing the accordion, and at some point during the day, generally at rap, he would play bringing in the sheaves. Yeah. But he was there, and he would have them, before a scene, he would have them playing it to kind of, you know, get people's minds off of getting ready. Yeah, right. And, Relax and, the people and, a little bit. And yeah. get into the scene. That's right. So when we have a television theme song, let's take uh, High Chaparral, for example. We have season one that sound is just like what we heard right. coming out of the commercial break. <clears throat> season two is a little more up-tempo. Season three is a little jazzier and still more up-tempo. Right. And season four, man, let's go to rock and roll. Right, right. Uh, what's up with that? Why does Why is there a need to freshen, and I say well, that a lot of air people quotes, think more is better. Sometimes that is not better. Yeah. You know, there's some, like I said, some uh, newer arrangers that don't have the experience. They'll get in there. You know, the man's walking from the, the building to his horse, and there's like 50 pages of score already. They just, yeah. went, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's like too much. You know what I mean? Well, you you know, put that, it in, you take it out. That's, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like, you know, some of the TV things that I thought the scores didn't didn't really like the deputy was, was kind of jazzy right, exactly and, right. and even with the, the tall man oh, which the i tall really man, liked yeah, they yeah. had they had that kind of jazzy it, guitar yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. who who was that esquel esquiville esquiville yeah, yeah. Esquivel. And a couple of others like that. <laughs> right. You know, Bat Masterson. I love I love the theme songs, but then the, the incidental music in there would get a little, you know, uh, uh, Peter Gunn when they're kind of Right. Can you remember the theme to Yancey Derringer? Oh yeah. 
You do? I couldn't remember. I can't either. I don't remember the theme. It's, at all. it's a uh, it, it's a, a singing theme. Uh, I don't remember. I don't the even words. remember whether it was vocals or yeah, not. Yeah, it was. Yeah, see, I don't remember the theme on that one at all. Yeah, maybe I'll I remember to. the TV show, but yeah. I, uh, Jacques Mahoney there. Yeah. Uh, X Browns. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the. You have to know when to put it in, when to take it out. You so you got to know what, when to draw and when, when to fold, to, when what, to, what when are, fold them. Yeah. What are some lemons uh, in your estimation here in terms of uh, where they left it in too much or whatever? <laughs> uh, one, um, Geronimo with West Studi. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a nice movie, but the music is, nothing happens there, it, in it, my it, opinion. It gets lost at times. Yeah, it's like, There's come a nice on, let's, let's get a little oomph to this movie, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, it just didn't happen. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, Ry Cooter's good in what he does, but he's not a film uh, score for a film. You know what I'm saying? You can write times. a song and all that, but you can incorporate the song, but orchestration's another ballgame. Yeah, there were times there when I'm not even sure there was music. Because, it, right. like you say, because, you know, it's like some people think, well, move, music shouldn't be intrusive. True, but it should also be part of the move. Right, you got to have it in there somewhere. You know what I mean? And... Um, that's the one I thought was really lacking, mm-hmm. and the new Lone Ranger movie. You know, mm-hmm. that just nothing happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I guess I'm from the old school. I like the orchestrations and then that tender moments, the oboe and mm-hmm. and when the horses are coming, the French horns mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. You know, so uh, even right. even like when the um, in uh, Monty Walsh when um, who was the girl, the actress? Uh, oh, Jean Maru. Yeah. When they were young together, the, the music was so tender and everything, you know. And it's that Claudia's theme or something. I, I I don't know the name, but the music was I, really. I think so. It added so much. It would, you know, like it made you feel. Oh, it, it, you felt you felt intimate. You felt like you were you almost were crawling in bed yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you still purchase CDs now, as opposed to albums oh. uh, of uh, of movie music? It used to be you could buy You're the, there, the yeah. themes to uh, and the music from Amazon movie, movie so you anything so you I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't shop for that stuff. I just, well, I'm asking know, if that's Amazon, still available. Well, I don't know, but uh, how many big movie themes are there anyway? Well, there and the, again that you know. That's well, why you know, the question. What, you yeah. know, what they're doing with a lot of these, a lot of the CDs, is they're taking Italian, uh, you know, the, the Morricones, and they're taking others. But they're also taking movies like right here in my hand, Blue. Remember Blue? Yeah. Parent Stamp wasn't the greatest movie, but Manos, if I can even pronounce his name, Hudgidakis had a good score. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good score. It was better than the movie. Right, a lot of these European uh, arrangers, they were from the old school, the conservatories, and all that stuff. And they did a lot of these. Let's movies. talk about the spaghettis there for uh, for a bit. Um, I mean, totally different music. Than oh, oh, yeah, we've talked about that before. <laughs> totally different. And even the the, yeah, the spaghetti westerns. When I, to me, that 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 killed the the western movies. But the th- funny thing. You always know a spaghetti western's coming on. You hear that guitar. Or the whistle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the the makeup, and Bunker would know more about this, the makeup, they have it on so heavy around their eyes, you know. And well, that's because that's, that's all you're going to see in the close-up is, is an eyeball. And everybody's talking like this down there, they all got like bass voices, even the women. You know? Know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know you think about it, you're shooting a movie, <laughs> you're doing a scene with 10 or, 10 or 12 actors in it, yeah. and everyone's speaking a, a different, different language. language. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the old, one of the old things was, is, is don't worry about the dialogue, just count one, two, three. Right. Your lips are moving, we'll dub yeah. it later. A lot of guys did real well. Um, uh, what's his name, Van Cleef? He, Oh, yeah. He did a lot of things. Guy Madison. Guy Madison went over there and did oh, a lot of things. Oh, yeah. He, well, he, but he wasn't doing the spaghetti. He was doing the, the sauerkraut. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yul Brenner. Yeah. Yul Brenner. So I guess that was their fallback, too. But the music well, on those is so typical, which, well, I mean, they have orchestrations. Well, a lot of that came about because of Dino De Laurentiis, of course, and Sergio Leone. Uh-huh. They were able to raise the money. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And, in other words, pay them enough to get them to come over there and do these films. I mean, you know, um, I love the uh, Sergio Leone, you know, Man With No Name, uh, all the, the trilogy, and, of course, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. But 
when you're watching Sabata with either Lee Van Cleef or Yul Brynner, at certain parts, you kind of feel like, you know, uh, do I need to put clan shoes on? <laughs> because, uh, and walk around with an accordion. Because there are moments there where you're like, you, you just did what? You said what to who? What? Uh, am I, have I been drinking or are you drinking? <laughs> That's so true. You can really tell the, the spaghetti westerns, really. Well, you know, but you, one of the things, too, when you think about once upon a time in the West, uh, the harmonica in that plays, uh, it's like, it's a key well, for a lot a of the scenes. It, yeah, it's a signature. Yeah, and it really... that That's a nice touch in a lot of the westerns. Or they'll add some banjo in there, yeah. you know. And those were always a nice, nice touch. Or an accordion, higher register. Well, and, and, and in the bees, we'd see that a lot with, with Ray Whitley, Johnny Bond, right. uh, folks like that. You know, right. a Jimmy Wakeley trio. The pioneers with yeah. the harmony. Right. So, yeah, you'd see that kind of stuff in there. I mean, you don't, now you don't see that yeah. or hear that. Well, it's funny you mentioned, uh, 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 you know, a, a mandolin or a little banjo or a, or a, a, a light, soft pale guitar because in the Billy Bob Thornton film All the Pretty Horses which was mm-hmm. from a Cormac McCarty novel the uh, uh, Marty Stewart does a he he consulted on the music and he wrote the the song at the end the title song uh, and it's beautiful it's just it's a beautiful song and it you know that song that whole film is very maudlin and that song encapsulates all of that and puts a bow on it at the end. In fact, all the pretty horses, it's funny because the girl that did the arranging, Kristen Wilkinson, she used to play viola on our recording sessions when we had wow. strings and everything. Great, wow. great, great player and the nicest person in the world. Wow. And, uh, and there's a mandolin in there, John, that is fabulous on all the pretty horses. Right, right. It's a good score. I think you know, she won some kind of award. It's with beautiful. It. Yeah. You know, there's an it's interesting, beautiful. interesting thing when I was re- researching what I thought the show was going to be. <laughs> right. uh, one of the things that uh, was pointed out was that the old time cowboy music in the old time was two, basically two instruments, the fiddle and the piccolo banjo, because it was the smallest of the banjos. And... Oh, you know, and then of course harmonica started coming in. Right, but just, that was a later musical instrument. That right. wasn't until 1843, I think. Right. It was even even out there. Right. I think I- it's worth mentioning, uh, just as honorable mention, uh, Jimmy Stewart playing the accordion. The accordion yeah. in, in, uh, he really did uh, play the accordion. Uh, he really could play the accordion. Yeah. He <laughs> plays it very well, and he sings as well. Night right. passage in in in. Uh, Night Passage with Audie Murphy and uh, uh, Robert Wilkie and all that's a great I love that film it was a great sequence they, they, they work right into the movie who else had of a good of course voice? and Brandon DeWild yeah, Robert Horton from Wagon Train yeah. yeah he had a wonderful voice oh yeah the man yeah. from Shenandoah well and, and amazingly enough so did uh, Clint Walker yes he did <laughs> he said, wow yeah, uh, yeah. the first time I saw it was it was one of these episodes where it was his doppelganger on the stage, and or so we thought. And the, the man was singing almost operatic. It was like, holy mackerel. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this is the thing. You know, it's like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid had good music. Right. And they had the musical interlude with raindrops keep falling on my head. Right. And that almost ruined the movie for me because it became a music video. And I really, I mean, I really, it's still, I... I have trouble watching the movie because I know that scene is coming up. You don't like raindrops? I never. Well, I wasn't that favorite. I'm playing of the trumpet song. on that. Oh, what, you didn't not in the movie. Trumpet? I didn't do the movie. I'm the trumpet. Next time, bring uh, your trumpet on the uh, on the on the recording. I didn't okay. do the movie. I did. The well, recording. but the, the the significance of that of that scene is that the you know a lot of people interpret that song two different ways. Number one, it's the raindrops can be interpreted as bullets. Yeah. And the other thing is that, that the songs, the, the theme or meaning of the song is completely the antithesis of his 
of of what they're going through, what they're right. dealing with at that moment. Which it's kind is, of like a fun. I don't have a I don't have a care in the world. It right. just um, didn't work for me though in the and, movie. Uh, well, I, I understand, I understand, but you got to remember it. It won an Oscar, oh, right. and it is John Barry, and it was written. The song was written by John, uh, B. J. Thomas and sung by B. J. Thomas. So, so there, take, yes. take it out of the movie, and it's okay. You no, know, part of that that I, I mean is questionable when they were chasing them. And everybody da 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 la la da da la la. I mean, that didn't. That go all work. through that montage yeah, through New like York that and all, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, George Roy Hill, I think, was trying to create again, insert some some lighthearted comedy in a way, and that was yeah. very predominant. You you saw it all the time through the '60s right. and into the early '70s in film in general. Yeah. But it was like Burt Bacharach doing a Western. I yeah, mean, right. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just well, he wrote the song. Here, but that wasn't his bad. He, he wrote the song. Uh, you know, he wrote the song, and uh, 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 B.J. Thomas sang it, and yep. it was a number one hit. I mean, it, it was a huge hit. It gold records up and down the street. Yep. And there you go. And we got to do our final commercial break here on Abel Franzi's oh, Voices oh. of the West. John Conrad is our guest. We're talking music. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520 Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Mr. Hickok, there's a man in the street going to give me a dollar to come in here and tell you that you're a coward and a life stealer. I can't say the rest, but it was much worse.
What did he say? He said that you were a horse molester. You say what horse? This is the Voices of the West. of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest is John Camrata and the lovely Judy Camrata with him. How many times have you heard that if somebody's walking into the saloon? Right, right. It's like you it's, can't get into a saloon without saloon music. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... Uh, Signature. That, that's it. That, 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 and that's why we play it. Yeah. And, and the line was, what horse did I say I molested? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll never well, mess around with a pig because they'll squeal on you. You know, that's what I understand. Yeah, we're here all week, folks. Uh, we've got a few remaining well, moments here, uh, roughly four minutes left in uh, the live stream from the White Stallion Ranch. John, what's your favorite uh, What's your favorite music piece uh, from your favorite Western? Uh, probably How the West Was Won. It has title. a little bit of everything through the whole thing. The title. And Dances with Wolves also. Mm-hmm. They're both very good. And I'm sure Judy uh, uh, concurs. Yeah, you like those, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, the big country is my all-time favorite. And then the second is the last of the Mohicans. Mm -hmm. I got the soundtrack right. right. You play it real low, and it's like this piece of music. You crank it up, and it's like an entirely different piece of music. But there's something about that that is, you know, it's them running through the forest, right. and that you you're, you feel you, you're winded by the time you get the right. stuff right. because you're you're running exactly. with them. It's exactly. just the music is carrying you. Exactly. It's exactly. just it's one of my all-time favorite pieces of music. Did you ever hear any of the music um, after you did the on the rushes or anything uh, when you did um, High Chaparral they never had the music no. well in you know it's, it's like well, a lot of times when you're on location they would send back what they call the dailies which uh-huh. is what was shot the day before but that never it was never scored right in fact sometimes even the sound would be wouldn't even be there because for some reason in the lab uh, they didn't get them Synced up, and right, so you, right. you'd be watching a scene without sound in it. Right, right. Or sometimes you'd be listening. But I know there were times when uh, some of the sound guys, because I would hang out with everybody where I could learn, and some of the sound guys they'd, they'd play, they'd play back some stuff, uh-huh. and you could listen to, you could listen to uh, and hear what what had just been done. Right, right. That's like Elmer Bernstein. Every time he did this, did this score for a movie, he would always play all the parts for the producer on the piano. Interesting. And he got his big start doing the Ten Commandments with Dino De Laurentiis. Mm-hmm. And Victor Young was supposed to do the music, and he was getting sick or something, so he recommended Elmer Bernstein and didn't know who he was. So he went in, he had played everything on the piano for Dino De Laurentiis. You know? And that was satisfactory. He didn't need uh, 45,000 musicians. Yeah. But, I mean, before he would record it. So well, yeah, of the, course. The segment yeah. was, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but all those the great movies always had great music, really. Really. All right. I think we're probably going to be wrapping up here. Uh, should we, should we kind of like do some Acapulco uh, oh God, here? Oh, God, no. <clears throat> Are we going to... We, we, we could do, do it. I, do I get to contribute my favorite? Oh, of, oh, course, yeah, my of course, my sir. Of course, sir. So I'm going to just say that I agree with everybody's choices, but I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody. And uh, I guess my favorite is Aaron Copeland. He never oh. wrote a movie score, but it's yes. been used in movies. Right. It's been used in commercials, um, and uh, he's he, everything he does is just amazing to me. Or did everything he did was amazing, and of course the other one is Elmer Bernstein's Magnificent Seven. That's my right. favorite score. Yeah. Oh, to a common man is the greatest piece of music. Didn't ever. Copeland write uh, uh, something about the uh, uh, something about Billy the Kid? He did an opera, a ballet. Oh, was yeah. It? Was it? Yeah. Okay. And, he, and yeah. He, did, he, did, he did the music for the Red Pony, too. Okay, well, I, I thought maybe he did something. Uh, uh, John Billy the Kid. story. Okay. Elmer Bernstein did that. Hallelujah Trail. Yeah. Great music. Oh, okay. that is, that's the best part of the yeah. movie. It's yeah. really a beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. 
John Camerata, mm-hmm. thank you much for being with us. I enjoyed it very Appreciate much. Appreciate it so much. Always good Judy, to see thank you, you for being with us. <laughs> John, Next thank time. you for bringing Judy. Yes. She is a beauty. She made the show, man. That's right. <laughs> Added the music. <laughs> That's it. Next time we get together, which is next uh, Saturday at this same uh, bat time and bat channel. Uh, we've, bat cave. Yeah, we've got a, a great guest, Al Fleming. The book is Following That Dream from Elvis to Hollywood. Al Fleming is an actor, a stuntman, a armorer, an author, and one of makeup uh, one of a uh, makeup man. Yeah, one of Todd's a friends. Man. One of Todd's friends, and that's why we got it. Well, that's not and, why and, we got him on the show. And he's, and he's taller than the roof of the house. <laughs> well, but he's 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 gonna. It's gonna be a good one. I guarantee yeah. it. And that's uh, what we got in store for you next time on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Until then, seventy-eight, seventy-nine. Eight. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.